ladies and, and gentlemen, I it can... is time for another episode of the Aces on Bases podcast. And this time, we're not waiting a month in between releases. And we have another special guest joining us. We have one of the voices of the Fisher Cats, Nathan Strauss. So without further ado, let's get this shit started. That's right, Great ladies job. and gentlemen, we are back and we have Nathan joining us from the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. Nathan, how's it going? It's going great, and thank you so much for having me. I can only assume the reason that it took a month between episodes is because Murr went to Dairy Queen at one point, and then took took a month to get back. <laughs> to, to, I'm very to, pleased to be thirsty. here. To, to be fair, our <laughs> last our last episode was the first episode with Murr, but we actually have a full crew. I think this is the first time in the history of Aces on Bases in our 11-episode history where we have all six members on at the same time, plus a guest. So joining myself, Blue Jays memes, along with Nathan, we've got Detmers, we've got Noah, we've got Tyler, we've got Lewis, and we've got the aforementioned Murr. How's everybody doing today? I'm vibing. I'm doing well. Other than like my whole stomach hurting, but that's that's irrelevant. We're, we're good. God damn Dairy Queen. Yeah. Da- Unless Dairy, Dairy Queen, Queen wants to sponsor us, in which case, Dairy Queen, my DMs are open on Twitter at Aces on Bases, or you can email Aces on Bases at gmail.com. That goes for anybody like Dairy Queen, MPOW, Magic Spoon, you know. Yeah. Blue that goes for the Patina Drum House, especially. <laughs> exactly. If anyone wants to sponsor the show, and this week's show isn't sponsored. But if you go to magicspoon.com and use the promo code Aces on Bases, you will not receive $5 off your order because it's not <laughs> It'll a real say promo, promo code. code denied. But if and you if you're trying to get a Randall Gritchick or Corey Dickerson jersey, just enter an Aces on Bases on the Fanatics website <laughs> but, and you will not receive But a I would greatly appreciate it if you went to magicspoon.com and just crashed the system trying to use Aces on Bases as a promo code. Because it won't work, but hopefully that'll get them to take notice of us and give us a promo code that works. Awesome advice. That's all I dole out here on Aces on Bases is awesome advice. But Tyler, Lewis, Noah, how are you guys doing? Good, thanks. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Just been playing baseball. I'm sore today, so I haven't moved. But now now my brain's sore because I'm watching a Jays game, so... Yeah, you uh, you posted you posted a little video on your on your Twitter earlier from from your game. You have to cut down on the walks there, Lewis. Ah, oh, jeez, it's bad. Me of it's really bad. You remind me a bit of Detmers, eh? dude. I'm I'm Nate Pearson, man. I can't I can't I, I think, keep anyone I, off the bases. I think I responded <laughs> with something along the lines of "Get your get yourself under control, yeah, Chatwood." Ch- Chatwood. <laughs> Uh, don't but compare him to Chatwood. Well, on. Chatwood, there's no coming back. I, I have a chance. If All you right. put Murr on the mound with a Dairy Queen blizzard, she'd pitch better than Chatwood. So. <laughs> we're, we're good in that section. But just make the, the also just going to get my Dairy Queen opinions out there. The only acceptable blizzard to order is Royal or. So it's just perfect if you want to feel like you. So, got hit by a truck. Sorry, it's awesome. My, That's how I'm feeling right now. How'd you know? My my internet cut out for a sec there, Detmers. What what's the best flavor? It's like Ori. It's Royal Oreo and Cookie Dough Extra. That, it's it's so good. 
That actually sounds so legit. I want to try that. It it is. You just have to make sure you say it slowly because generally they'll like forget half of it. But if you order that, you'll be so happy and then you'll feel like you're dead five minutes later. But I'm a pro at eating blizzards. Like I'm probably the Joey Chestnut of blizzards. So I think we should get we should have a competition because I think I would win. And what competition is that? Oh, on who can destroy a blizzard faster? Well, if the competition would is, is it would be uh, who can destroy the toilet faster after, we know you win that. <laughs> 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 that was good. Yeah. Thanks, at Fisher Cats. The, vo- the voice, the voice of the Fisher Cats is absolutely. One, well, 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 one right. of the voices of the Fisher Cats. <laughs> one of. <them>. One of. <laughs> Fisher cats, more like Wisher Wats, am I right? Yeah, and you're soon to be yeah, the owner because they're of a, full of of W's a for all new, the wins uh, that they're taking. Yeah, absolutely, and and you're and you're soon to be the owner of a brand new Fisher cats hoodie, if I if I do recall. I'm hoping it's new, but yes, I'm very excited. I will be showing it off on Twitter, so it'll be used by Luis Quinones. It's it's been <laughs> it's been worn by Fred already, so it's not quite new. All I'm saying that, like, by the time Memes edits this, it's probably going to already be here. So check my Twitter. Uh, I will, I will, I will be refreshing the Twitter. I will time. be refreshing it. I, you know what? I Murr obviously just wants clout. So don't don't um, check out her Twitter. Go um, check out Nathan's Twitter. Exactly at Nathan P. Strauss or Strauss. Sorry, I I'm the guy who was picky about pronunciations before is now mispronouncing people's names. <laughs> My bad. It's okay. I got called Mir every four minutes. So. Yeah, I fucked and, up on the end of the B, last episode. And and that's how I was. That's how I was saying it in my head. In my head, it was just Mir the whole time. Well, it's not. But we have Sorry. Nathan here, and this week is the trade deadline. And I know, I know, most of you guys want to talk about the trade deadline. So let's get into it. Who who wants to go first with thoughts, predictions in terms of what the Jays are going to do? Who might be leaving? Who might be coming in? Who wants to go first? I'll volunteer. I'll, I'll go. Go ahead, Noah. Noah going first. Is this like the first time in the entire history of eleven episodes? Well, he's not going first anymore now that you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that verse yeah, is that a king of interruption. all the time. <laughs> That's why I'm using my mute button more frequently tonight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so on Twitter, like I see after every Jay's loss, like half of the Jay's fan base seems to think that Ray and Simeon are gang traded. Unless the Jay's get swept, like, and even if they do, I like the Jay's won't sell. They're going to put a team that could push for the playoffs on the field back in Canada. They have an easy schedule in August and September. I think like 20 of their last 35 games are against the Twins, Tigers, and Orioles or something like that. So, and they're only four games back right now. So they'll be buying. I don't think they'll be buying much on rentals. I think they'll be more aggressive on players with team control. And yeah, that's pretty much how I think it's going to go down. All right. And Lewis... Any any thoughts on the upcoming trade deadline? They're definitely not sellers. And if they were, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, the, the packages you could get back for Ray and Simeon are, are, are really big. And But this farm system doesn't really need improvements. It, it's a kind of a farm system that can allow itself to go to other teams and get better players in return. I don't think they're going to do much, but I hope they do something. 
See, that's, I, that's my take. I agree with um like I hope to do something, yeah. but I think like going crazy to get a bunch of rentals isn't great, especially like looking at how the team's looking. I definitely think hope they do something. I just don't think they're gonna do a blockbuster trade that everybody is waiting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does anybody have any predictions on who you guys think we might bring in? Yeah, I got a couple. Yeah, go uh, for it. So it, it, it is a little hard to judge, and I'm sure all of you can attest to this because of the packages that we've kind of seen go down. Like, just, I think, a day ago, Frazier was traded to Padres for Marcano, Miliano, and Sawinski, which is a really interesting package because none of the guys there except for uh, Chukapita Marcano were really widely kind of ranked by the Padres organization or by MLB Pipeline or BA or any of those sites. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think that you'll definitely see a deal with Pittsburgh. I don't think it's going to be for Mr. Rodriguez. I think David Bednar would be a very good fit for the Blue Jays. I think he's a guy that you could get without giving up too much. Possibly in Otto Lopez, who maybe we'll talk about later down the line in this episode. But uh, you saw the Pirates today deal Clay Holmes uh, to the Yankees for Hojin Park and Diego Castillo. Not the Rays Castillo, but it's not going to command too much prospect capital. And I really think a guy like Bednar would really help lock down the bullpen and help us see where else everything goes. I think the highest impact player that we could possibly go out and get, although people are starting to talk about Trey Turner and Jose Ramirez getting traded, I don't think either are going to end up happening. I think the the guy that really would possibly see a fit in Toronto is Gallo. But, you know, I am sympathizing with what you guys were saying. Like, I don't really see how they can go for rentals at this point. But I, I do believe that we, we, we may make a push in the rental market because you never know what can happen. And Nathan, I, I I'd like to get your take on this because you're you're close to obviously the the minor league system of the Blue Jays, not necessarily people that will be trade pieces or not necessarily people that we will move, but who do you think within the Jays organization are other teams looking at as a return if the Jays do decide to make any sort of trades? I mean, so first of all. I think my perspective on this is interesting because I'm obviously not a Jays fan per se. So I think I have like no 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 no. You're bring... officially a Jays fan now, whether you want to be. Okay, or not. sure. I'm a Jays fan now, but I think I might be a little bit more. I think I might be a little bit more analytical about this than than many people, especially on Jays Twitter. If I'm the Blue Jays going in this year, going all in this year, or even going partly in this year, makes absolutely no sense to me. You've got an incredibly young core, but very minimal pitching depth. And the nice thing about young cores is that they get better with time. And I think there is the possibility that some of the players who are in the heart of the lineup right now are, you know, prepared to plateau a little bit. And you've got some big money tied up in in George Springer and all of that. But you do have the third best farm system in all of baseball. And that includes a number of players who are between the ages of 20 and 23, of which you just really need two of them to become, you know, major league caliber. And so I'm thinking of off the top of my head, obviously you've got Manoa, who's now officially graduated from prospect to full-time, you know, big league player. You've got Nate Pearson, you've got Groshans, you've got Martin, and then you've got Arelvis Martinez, Otto Lopez, and Gabriel Moreno, who I think are sort of the next level of prospects down. So you basically have a, a, a top 10 in your farm system, all of which are projected to be, you know, replacement level or above major leaguers, which is pretty rare, especially in this year's sort of farm system rankings. 
I think that there is a big risk of the Blue Jays trading one, two, or many of these prospects in exchange for proven big leaguers, either rentals or under team control. And then these young guys, all of whom are coming off of a year without pro ball and really blossoming in later on. So if I'm the Blue Jays, I stand pat this year. I sort of I follow the, the developmental path a little bit more and focus on free agent pitching in the offseason and try and really grow this young team. I think that there's a bit of a conflation in the fact that Blue Jays fans in Toronto haven't actually been able to see the team play in person in you know over a year at this point. That'll obviously change in a couple of days. But I think people really want this Blue Jays team to be something that it isn't. And going up in an AL East that features you know two of the four best teams in baseball or two of the five best teams in baseball just doesn't really make sense to me for them to make any big deals. And, and which two teams in the AL East would you consider them? Oh, the Red Sox and the Rays. Let's, now, now let's keep clear. in mind, this is coming from a Red Sox fan, but I think that's a good thing because I'm now interested to see what you think about the Red Sox. What do you think the Red, Sho- Red Sox, in comparison to the Blue Jays, should do at this deadline? Because if you're talking about plateauing, I'm not sure the Red Sox are going to really hold on to it either, you know? Yeah, so I think it's interesting because the Red Sox and the Blue Jays have just completely different teams but very similar issues. The Red Sox don't have the greatest bullpen. You know, we're relying on guys like Adam Ottavino or Yaxel Rios to come in and not high leverage situations, but medium leverage situations. The difference is we've got an all-star closer in Matt Barnes as opposed to Rafael Delis. And, and Tyler Chatwood. Yeah, and Tyler Chatwood, who, you know, pitched for Buffalo last night. And our starting rotation, I would say, has guys like Nate Evaldi, who I think is a better pitcher than anyone on the Blue Jays staff this year. And, and Eduardo oh, Rodriguez. I don't know about that. Oh. Um, guys, right Bo just hit a home run. Yeah, Bo hit a homer. Yeah, Bo just hit a homer. beating the Red Sox. Fake news. I'm fake news. Well, I'm behind in the broadcast, <laughs> so you've completely spoiled that for me. Sorry, I'm Way not to even go, watching Mer. it. I, I just got a, tw- I got a group chat notification. Well, that's good. Well, Nathan, who's the seller and who's the buyer now? Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, wait hey. till the game is over first because you never hey. know. He's bullpen. Yeah, and it is Fenway hey. too. Yeah, it's Fenway. Yeah. But I just thought Andrew that was beautiful timing. Thank you, Bobochet, if you're listening. Bobochet 100% is not listening to this. I can guarantee you. Claudia just told me to marry her, by the way. Do it. Fun. I would. Can you do it live on the podcast? Yes. <laughs> Just, Anything for views. <laughs> thank you. That'll that'll be our debut video episode. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, uh, Richard with a beautiful tweet. Awesome. Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I lost track of where we were. Detmers, do you remember what you were saying? I, I was saying we were talking. We were back on the Red Sox, and we were saying how the Red Sox were a little bit different than the Blue Jays. And Nathan hit us with a brick wall of a take, saying that Evaldi's better than any pitcher that we have. Oh um, Jesus which, Christ, Nathan! I, I don't know, Nathan. I, I get it, but I don't <laughs> well, know. Here's the thing, though: the Red Sox also have a bottom ten farm system in the majors. They're twentieth in Baseball America's rankings, and I think twenty-first in MLB's rankings. So the difference is the Red Sox have you know, less draft, less capital rather than the Jays. Although the Red Sox did just have a a really good draft, you know, in this 2021 draft. So as far as tools with which to build around, you know, these two teams both have young cores, you know, Devers, Bogarts are players who are approaching their primes, but they're not there yet. 
And, you know, both of these rotations aren't exactly the strongest out there and the bullpen certainly aren't either, but I have more confidence in the, in the Jays to make it, to be able to make a trade for, you know, truly elite players that are out there on the market, like, you know, Jose Ramirez, for example, than the Red Sox. But I, I, I personally wouldn't advocate for either of these teams going all in because I like to believe in prospects. So let's take it from there. Yeah, that makes sense. I I probably lean to saying the same things. I think I think both teams should kind of go in a little bit, even though that we're at odds with each other. I kind of would want to see three teams make it from the AL East and none of them being the Yankees, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Don't count the Orioles out. Though. I was just going to say, here come the Orioles. <laughs> my, my, my Oriole Parkway sign and my Mount Castle jersey will be cheering for the Orioles. Oh, you got to post that. Have you posted yeah, I that did. on Twitter yet? Yeah, I did, and I got a bunch of hate saying, "Are you not an Orioles fan? I'm not an Orioles fan." Don't yeah, worry, I missed that. I got to go find that. Just, even if you were, just accept you as a Jays fan, just so you could feel something again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you I call this it. feeling something. <laughs> You're no, I mean, it's it, it's pain. It's feeling pain. <laughs> it's not a good feeling, feeling pain, but it's feeling yeah. something. <laughs> well, you, you talked about the draft for a second, Nathan. You must be high on Meyer. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> it was a surprise to me that he dropped because all of the talk was that the Sox were going to end up getting lighter, and that I think would have been obviously a fantastic pick as well. But when scary. you get the when you get you know the person who was ranked number one or number two on a lot of boards at the spot the Sox are picking at, and you know he's still so young, I think that it was all in all a pretty good draft. I think the Sox have generally drafted pretty well in the last two years. You know, guys like Blaze Jordan, who is on a tear right now in the complex. And you know, the Red Sox farm system is slowly retooling. I think that's one thing that Heim Bloom has done a really good job with. He's obviously a prospects guy. But yeah, I, I'm I'm very excited about Marcelo Meyer. So I wasn't one of the guys that was pretty high on Meyer. I was kind of I was one of the outliers that didn't really like Meyer much. But I think if you pair him with the Red Sox organization, I, I really I'm kind of I'm a little scared. But I would have been more scared if you guys ended up with lighter. I was so happy when Texas took lighter. Like, because if if Boston went to if lighter went to Boston, it was game over. Yeah, I think yeah. that's I think I think that's fair. The last thing that I mean, the Red Sox haven't exactly done a great job with developing pitching talent, but lighter is so polished. You know, coming in the position that that he is, you know, throwing 128 pitches in games for Vandy. You know, pitching for Vandy is the equivalent of pitching in, in high A. Is, is sort of how I think a lot of people view the Great. SEC. So I mean, you see what's happening with Kumar Rocker now and his yeah, medicals being messed up. He might not even sign him. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, they'll, they'll sign him for really cheap because it sounds like his arm is. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Well, I'm treating the arm like it's an actual being, <laughs> but like it doesn't doesn't sound good. No. And I think it just came out today that Judd Fabian, the Red Sox second rounder, isn't signing. So what? What? Yeah. Hmm. No way. Na- I, Nathan, I, I was like, I was gonna say that was your best pick of the draft. That was like, like genuine shock and concern from Detmers. That's like the second episode in a row where we've actually had like a genuine reaction from Detmers. What? I don't react genuinely normally. No, you don't. <laughs> No, just kind of like, what? No way. I mean, he's a second rounder this year. He could go in the first next year. If he doesn't want to sign, like, that's his prerogative. I mean, the Red Sox have done a good job of filling outfield holes as of late. And with guys like Duran and, you know, even, you know, more sort of utility type players like Jeter Downs in the system or, 
I'm not, I'm again, I'm not too, too worried. The Sox have put themselves in a good position, I think. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to the rivalry between the Sox and the Jays in the next couple of years. So am I. It's better than being rivals with the Rays or the Orioles. So that's for sure. Well, well, you're an expert on the Red Sox. You're also an expert on the Fisher Cats. How about we get to that? Oh, yes. You know, I, I love me some Fisher Cats. Me too. Okay, that's not funny, but let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Where is this hate coming from? <laughs> so unnecessary. So uncalled for. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's get into some Fisher Cats talk. <laughs> Sorry, somebody else take the lead. That was beautiful. That was um, beautiful. I don't feel comfortable speaking anymore. <laughs> else can go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Davis is going to have a great time editing this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Memes has got to get the bottle of five alive and the, and the mouse pad. Ace, Ace is on base is episode 11. Well, it was great while it lasted. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> hey, Nathan, Fisher Cats, go. I mean, it would be great if I had a... Is there a prompt about the Fisher Cats that you guys would like me to Talk answer? about the actual animal. the actual animals of fisher cats are pretty annoying they're kind of like a combination of a of a hedgehog and a possum and a squirrel they're pretty vicious though like they make these really loud screaming noises that are actually incredibly annoying you know what Um, it's it's fun it's funny they're vicious just like the new hampshire fisher cats lineup is vicious that's a good transition. I appreciate that a lot. Tell us about Thank it. you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think expectations are pretty high for the Fisher Cats coming into the season. You know, there were, I want to say, five top 100 prospects on this list or on this roster on the opening day. There has been a little bit of movement throughout this season because, you know, obviously the minor leagues are like that. But by and large, hitters one through six in this lineup are all players who have the potential to, I think, make it at the major league level. The Fisher Cats just lost Vinny Capra, the reigning Double A Northeast Player of the Week no. for the last week. He got called up to Buffalo, which so is that's like a great good to loss. hear. <laughs> he was, uh, yeah, he, uh, Capra was hitting 381. His OPS was, I think, close to 1100 in uh, a little more than half the season. But you know, the Blue Jays organization is full of guys like Kevin Smith who are just like tearing it up right now in Triple A, and Samantha I think Taylor. on less. Yeah, and I think on less deep rosters would already be in the majors. So Samad Taylor, you guys mentioned Samad Taylor. It's he's a really wow. interesting piece, I think, because he's forty man eligible this coming year and has really had a breakout season, which means that the Blue Jays are going to be in a spot where they're going to have to put him on the roster because if they don't, some other team is just going to come in and take him. Like he has, I'm looking at his stats right now. He's hitting three hundred on the year, OPS of nine twenty four. Leads the Fisher Cats with 12 home runs. He was also out for almost three weeks with an injury. He's reached base now in 34 consecutive games. Oh he has 18 God. stolen bases to lead the league and also lead the team in the process. He's 18 for 22 in stolen bases attempts. He also draws a fair amount of walks. He's second on the team in walks with 27. So his on-base percentage is 387. Actually, sorry, he's third on the team in on-base percentage now. So... Taylor is, is a player who has probably raised his stock more than just about anyone else across the organization, I would say. And also just a great guy all around, like one of the most fun people who I've you know been able to talk to by far. Yeah, awesome. So who, who would you say is the most genuine or the nicest guy on the Fisher Cats you've been able to interact with? 
So Austin Martin is a super, super down to earth guy. I've actually gotten to talk to him and I've actually gotten to talk to his dad when he was up and visiting for a weekend. He is just super humble, very down to earth. He's always making time for autographs, which is not something that like you're expected to do, but it's something that it's really nice when you do that, especially when you are one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Amar is super nice. Really, this is, a, this is an incredibly nice team, and it's really surprising because I've been talking to my boss, and he's from Tyler Murray, and he's been in the minors now for 11 years, and you know, sometimes there are teams that are less nice. You know, There are guys that are just not as nice, but by far my favorite person to interact with so far this year has been Chavez Young, who is, you know, he's a top 30 prospect in the Jays organization. He has the highest graded arm in the outfield of any Jays player. And is one of the fastest guys in the system as well. I think he's got maybe a 70 arm and a 65 run tool. But he is just one of the funniest dudes you'll ever meet. He just loves playing the game so much. We are constantly getting Facebook messages and Twitter posts saying like, Chavez Young was playing rock, paper, scissors with a fan. We're not even Fisher Cats fans because this game is taking place in Hartford. But we love him and now you have a fan for life. Like all the time. And so I'm working right now on a mic'd up with him. I followed him around with a, a giant camera for an hour and 45 minutes. That should be out in the next couple of weeks or so, but really and, and, great dude. And for people that aren't familiar, can you can you let the listeners know what mic'd up is? Mic'd up is basically we get a a sort of clip on mic, a microphone that you would just clip to your collar. And I've, I would shoot video during batting practice and stretch, you know, before the actual game of, of, of a player just sort of wandering around doing their thing. So you guys get a feel for, you know, what these players, how these players engage with each other, what their routines are like. And so it's fun. You got him talking about, you know, his teammates. Like he does a great bit about him talking about Otto Lopez, where he's like sort of mocking him a little bit about how like, you know, everyone talks about how Otto Lopez can literally hit like any pitcher. And so he's like, Otto Lopez is a hitter, man. You can't <laughs> fool him. He speaks four languages. And so it's just like you get a feel for how these people are as people. Right. Because like we're used to watching these players and, you know, they're players, they're entertainment, but they're also all just, you know, actual dudes. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And. Um, and we are, the Blue Jays are currently playing the Boston Red Sox. We're recording this on July 26th, but coming up starting tomorrow, another basically Blue Jays versus Red Sox matchup. The the Fisher Cats are going to be taking on the Portland Sea Dogs. Can you, can you preview that series a little bit for us? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, Trenton Thunder slash Buffalo Bison will also be taking on the, the Worcester Red Sox as well. So... Oh, it'll be a sort of triple header Toronto versus Boston throughout the system. Yeah, pretty much. So, so the, the, the Fisher cats and the sea dogs have already played 22 games against each other. These two teams are meeting for six, six game series this year. That's 36 games of the total 120 games on the year. About 35. Yeah. It's about 35%. Sorry. A little less than uh, a little less than 35% of um, of the two games in the year. I thought, I, I thought playing the Red Sox 19 times at the major league level was bad. Yeah, so the Fisher Cats are are nine and thirteen against the Sea Dogs so far this year. They opened up the series, excuse me, the season, winning just one of six. They then we then beat the Sea Dogs four games to two in Portland in June before splitting a series two games to two with two games rained out the last time these two teams faced each other. It's a little bit of a different look for the Sea Dogs though because they lost Joey Manessis, who is leading the league in RBIs, to Team Mexico for the Olympics. They lost Tristan Casas, who's, you know, a top 20 prospect 
but they do still have guys like Brian Bayo, who is one of the top arms in the Red Sox system. They've got their starting pitching isn't great. And our starting pitching is also sort of different than a lot of minor league teams. We've got a couple guys signed from independent ball. We've got former Blue Jays starter Casey Lawrence, who's of the all-time Fisher Cats wins leader back on our roster as of last week. And all in all, it's a bit of a rivalry. You know, these two teams had a benches clearing kerfuffle in the opening series of the year. And frankly, playing any team 20 to 40 times in a year will do that for you. But I'll be on the call tomorrow night and all the way through Thursday night up in Portland. It's a beautiful field. They get some of the best attendance in all of minor league baseball by uh, percentage. So looking forward to that. And hopefully, you know, you guys, if the Blue Jays are getting blown out or if the Blue Jays are blowing out the Sox, We'll be able to tune in and watch your future Jays. Well, and and hopefully it will be the Blue Jays blowing out the Sox yeah. <laughs> tomorrow. But also, as of right now, the Fisher Cats are 13 and a half games behind Portland. Obviously, it's going to be tough to make up ground, but winning winning this series would definitely be a good good start for that. Yeah, I mean, this it's, <laughs> Portland has won 17 of their last 18 games. They were on a 15-game win streak, and it took them getting shut out by Harrisburg who are the worst team in, in the AA Northeast for that streak to end. So hopefully we can so, sort of derail that momentum a little bit. So they have uh, the same I'm sorry if any Harrisburg AA fans had to hear that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just got absolutely wrecked. <laughs> but yeah. Does anyone else have questions for Nathan that they want to get in? Yeah, I, I, I don't want ask. it to just be me and Detmers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to ask you about both Martin and Woods Richardson. Woods Richardson is a guy who started the season really well, had like two outings where he just was completely blown up and then sort of has regained himself before heading to the Olympics. And Martin's a guy where people on Jay's Twitter are like sort of like undervaluing because his power hasn't really shown through this year yet. Even though, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he either leads or or is in like top three in in the double A's like OPP. Or something also leads and walks and by pitches. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's right. I want to like hear your thoughts on just like Martin's in in, in an SWR because you've watched him more than anyone else. Yeah, yeah, I'm like I'm a little confused about how Blue Jays Twitter evaluates Austin Martin because first of all, Martin does have a little bit of sort of a funky mechanic. He uh, holds his bat really close to his chest until the pitcher is basically in the windup before cocking the elbow back. I think it can look a little weird, but you know, you got to remember Martin was fifth overall. He was supposed to go third overall or second overall. Yeah. He was supposed to go in the top three. The Orioles ended up getting Rutschman instead. Oh, sorry. Kirstad, who has had a lot of issues stemming from COVID and myocarditis as well. But regardless, he dropped to the Jays and was able to get selected. He's got a 70 grade hit tool like this guy. The power might not have shown, you know, he went a month without an extra base hit, but he was also battling through a hand injury and playing at the futures game and also eating. I mean, there's a 417 on base percentage. He leads the Fisher Cats in walks with 36. He leads all of double A, not just our league with 13 hit by pitches as well. He's got good speed. He's, I think, seven for eight in stolen bases on the year, or seven for nine in stolen bases on the year. This last series, he ripped a triple. He had a a hit that could have been ruled a double, and said it ended up going down as a two-base error because of a dropped fly ball on the warning track. That was a tough play. I think I would have scored it a hit. But the power will come, right? Like, he went from playing at Vandy to basically a year off, and he's starting off. Like, how many guys in all of baseball start off their minor league career in double A? 
he was projected to start off in Vancouver. They instead decided to throw him into the fire, basically playing against guys who are four to five years older than him on average. So I think giving him this full season in double A, starting him off next season in triple A and sort of experimenting where they want him long term. You know, do they want him at shortstop? Do they want him at center field? Do they want him to try, you know, maybe third base where I think Jordan Groshans ends up? I think Martin is someone who I'm quite high on. And I think he has the tools. They just got to give him a little bit more time. As far as Will Richardson goes, it's really been a tale of two halves of the season. He was excellent before going to join Team USA at the Olympics. And then he was matched up with the Orioles' Grayson Rodriguez, a top 15 prospect in, in Bowie, where he didn't make it out of the third inning. And since then, he's taken four consecutive losses and has lost his control. He walked nine guys in a matchup a couple of weeks ago. His his BB to K rate has you know skyrocketed as well. I think it's a mental thing more than anything else. He's the youngest player on the Fisher Cats and one of the top three youngest players in the entire league. He's 20 years old. He's five years and two months younger than the average age for players in the league. So I think the hype on him was great because, first of all, he's an awesome guy. Young, you know, very proud, very educated. He's he's very outspoken on issues of racial injustice, and he's a pleasure to talk to as well. And obviously he's playing, you know, he's he's playing for Team USA right now at the Olympics as the youngest player on their roster. Youngest player on the Fisher Cats roster as well. So I say you give him a little bit more time. He's got a, uh, you know, a plus slider, a plus changeup. The fastball velocity isn't great, but the the location when he's on is fantastic. So that's my uh, estimation of those guys. Sorry for talking for so long. Oh, no, we love hearing it. Trust me. I I, I, I don't just love hearing what you're saying, but I, I, I just love hearing your your golden voice resonate on this podcast. You know, if you want me to do your ad reads for you, I could like this is Aces on Bases brought to you by Manscaped. <laughs> And oh, Molson yeah. Canadian. Clipped. Grab a fresh six pack of Molson Canadian today. Brought to you by Mastercraft. <laughs> Nathan, you don't have the pain of watching the Mastercraft commercials during Jay's games. It's awful. But no, I actually, sing it this a lot of the times I'll watch the Sportsnet feed, so believe it or not, I do. Okay, who's going to sing it? I'm not singing it. I already did it to fix that old shed after you've been ghosted and left on red. <laughs> that, 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 is that relatable to you, memes? <laughs> always, yeah. I'm always getting. It's left definitely on not relatable red. to me. It's definitely not relatable to Mur. <laughs> Correct. Mur doesn't know what left on red means. But I have one last question for you, and this is one that, like, the Blue Jays chat that I'm in has been debating vigorously. It's the question of Elvis Martinez, Jordan Groshans, or Austin Martin. And not necessarily in the way of which guy do we trade, but almost as in which guy would do you, you want pick to bang? out of the three of them. And I'll, I'll state my opinion personally. I, I'm on the Groshans train. I'm also on the Martin train. I'm just curious to see where you are being a guy that's watched a lot of these guys play compared to us that are basically going off of savant video and uh, whatever video and scraps that we can put together from a distance, being a guy that kind of sees them play in real life. What would your opinion on that be? Who do you think is the guy that's going to lead our franchise in the most impactful way? If I had to order the three of them in terms of likelihood of becoming an all-star, it's it's Groshans, then Martin, then Martinez. So I actually Oh my God, think- you got the same opinion as me. So I actually think that Orelvis is the guy who the Blue Jays should be looking to deal because 
I generally am in favor of capitalizing on prospects who are on hot streaks. I don't, he has raised his value a lot, but he's also two years younger than Groshans and Martin. And therefore he's a lot more raw. He's putting up big numbers in a league that has been incredibly hitter friendly this year. And look, I love, I, I've, I've loved watching him play Aurelvis, at least in the highlights that I've seen of him. And his numbers are obviously fantastic. But I think Groshans has really good power. I think he's also got a tremendous infield arm. He likes playing shortstop more than he likes playing third base. I had an interview with him last week where he said that as much. But I have a sense that putting him at third base with his arm strength is going to be, you know, is going to be pretty key. Austin Martin is the guy who I think is going to be at the top of your lineup. Who's going to be more of a get on base guy than anything else, but who can who can be a, a league average defender with a plus hit tool, a, a decent arm and, and good speed on the base paths, as well as the potential to grow into some power as well. And then Aurelvis, you know, he just hasn't been tested at a higher level. And I think the fact that they haven't moved him up to Vancouver yet is maybe a sign that they want him to maybe put up bigger numbers to be used as a potential trade piece. I don't know, but that's my, that's how I would order the three. And I think Groshans and Martin being tested at this level, you know, Groshans played for, you know, short season Lansing before being shut down in 2019. Both these guys are coming off of a year plus with that professional experience. So I would, I would urge patience with both of them as well. I completely agree because yeah. when I what I started to see, well, I think what we all started to see was people saying that Martinez is untouchable in trades, and we should expose Martin and Groshans to offers. And me looking at that no. was basically no, 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 so no, 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 no. irrational. It doesn't make sense how the mo- the two most proven guys are the guys that we're gonna start to shop, and that in the wild card ticket that we haven't really tested much is the guy that we're all all of a sudden gonna start wrapping in bubble wrap and putting him away, you know? Right, especially because like the timeline for this Blue Jays team to be competitive in my mind is like next year through five years from now, and Martin and Groshans just fit that timeline a little better. And that's why I think there's a good possibility that pitchers like Kloffenstein or Van Ake, both of whom have had, I would say, pretty below expected years in high A so far. I think there's a good possibility that you see those guys moved on. The Blue Jays just have too many people right now, too many pitchers who are above average in AAA, but haven't yet been able to make that step up. And I think that's the hope for Pearson next year once he gets the surgery for his hernia. I think Manoa has shown really excellent stuff so far. But why rush it? You know, like... Let the let these other teams sort of duke it out this year and, and then retool for next year. That's that's you know that's that's my take. For I get it. I, I pretty much agree. Lewis? I'm gonna ask you about Taylor now because like Orelvis, and I think Orelvis has like it's it's a lottery pick essentially. Like he has the potential to be the best of the, the three, but also definitely is the less proven of those three and has the least chance of turning out of the three. But Samad Taylor is a guy who was one of the prospects of human for Joe Smith. The other Thomas Pannone got to the majors, but like didn't do much. And now he's in the Angels farm system. But Samad's also a guy who like was pretty just a quiet guy in the farm system the Love whole year. And or sorry, like he was pretty like quiet in the farm system like his whole career. And then this year, he's just been tearing it up. And I want like, do you think this is? Do you think this is who Samad is? Do you think this is just a fluke? And do you think he is someone that the Jays will look to trade or keep for their timeline? So he is Rule 5 eligible this coming year, which means that I think they do have some decisions to make. 
What I do think as well is that the Blue Jays organization is just full of these guys who can play multiple positions and, you know, excuse me, hit, you know, 300 or better with some decent power, like Otto Lopez, who's hitting 340 and has played center, second base in center field. Martin, who's played shortstop in center field. Even guys in AAA, like Vinny Capra, who's, I, I, I think, not necessarily a super heralded prospect, but who was hitting 380 and, you know, his OPS was like 1100 for most of this year. Reminiscent um, of Vlad almost, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. And I think like the Blue Jays from top to bottom are all about positional versatility. And that's what Samad Taylor offers you. He plays at second. He plays at third. He's played right field, left field and center field this season. You know, he was <laughs> he was putting up some pretty obscene numbers that he, he almost got outshined by Gabriel Moreno. And I mean, how could you not by all of that? So I really like Samad Taylor. I think he's someone who the Blue Jays should take a chance on. But I also understand if, you know, there are just too many guys for not enough roles for them to protect him in the 40 man. But if they don't view him as being protectable, then they've got about four days to figure it out because, you know, obviously the trade deadline is coming up. But Samad Taylor brings an impressive amount of self-belief and self-confidence. There's an interview of him with Jesse Golden Strassler of the Lansing Lugnuts from a few years ago where he says that his decision to sign instead of honoring his commitment to, uh, I forget which college it was, but um, he wanted. To, he said that he can turn this 125,000 to 125 million, and I think that kind of attitude has really shown so far this season. I, I've, he's again a, just a super nice guy, and I know I keep saying that, but it does mean a lot when the players who you're around day in and day out are uh, kind and, and really just like love the game. So, so Mont Taylor played. I, I watched some of the games, and they were talking about how he was a Jays prospect, and I was like, I I've never heard of this guy. So it was actually pretty cool for like to see him play a little bit, and then now he's really good. So yeah, that was cool. Which prospects are you guys most excited for that we haven't talked about so far in this system, which is so deep? I just want to go Sorry, back to Mark. Orvelis Martinez. I think you guys are selling him a bit short. I think, I mean, you guys are right when you say he's high risk, high reward. But this is a guy that's been comped to. He's been comped to Adrian Beltre. He's 19 years old. He had an OPS over 900 as an 18-year-old in the United States, and that's pretty much unheard of for Dominican, I guess, international prospects. Usually they start in the DSL. This guy came straight to the States, put up amazing numbers, and I mean, yeah, like you guys said, high risk, high reward, but this is a guy that, I mean, I would not trade. This guy could be a top five prospect probably next year, year after that. So I'm excited for Moreno. Oh, we all are. Like extremely excited for Moreno. I, I I hope he's back soon. I miss him. Dude can hit. I mean, it it doesn't make sense to me how we have so many catchers that are so capable. Like a guy that doesn't get talked about enough is Dorazio. Dorazio is amazing, and he's got room to grow just like Moreno. Like Dorazio is in the exact same spot that Moreno was in two years ago where not many people knew about him, but they're starting to scout his tools. They're seeing that he's a lot of raw power, good hitting. Like, Fangraphs has him at 35-plus future value, but I guarantee that at some point they're going to value him at him at around at least a 45. I think that there's so much depth in the system that you could just go through the depth chart, pick a random name, and talk about him and that name, that person will make an impact in a couple of years. Like Sam Rebers is another guy I think Lewis really likes that is Ooh, Swedish guy. Yeah. yeah. He's from, he's from, he's from the Netherlands. He's been, Netherlands. Yeah, he's, he's sort of up and down this year. I mean, first of all, he's only 19, which is just crazy, you know, but yeah, him 
and obviously Pardino, who we haven't seen much of because he's been injured for the last year. So I think our guys that have a, a future as well. Yeah, Pardino, what, ha- what happened with Pardino was I found not many people talked about him past a certain point. Like there was a p- point in time when we first signed him where they were like, the Blue Jays have signed a, a, a massive prospect out of Brazil and everyone was talking about him. And then all of a sudden, a couple years later, after the injuries, you don't even hear him get mentioned when they talk about our farm system. And that might be a testament to how well Shapiro and Atkins have built the farm system or that might be a testament to how injured he's been, but... Either way, he's still here and he's still... How is he 19 or is he 20 now? He's 20 right now. He's still still 20, 20 years old. You're young. We're yeah, I mean, he was a guy that was going to break the MLB pipeline top 100 prospect list before he was injured as an 18-year-old, so... Yeah. Another guy in the farm system who's my favorite is got to be Joey Murray. I think he's vastly underrated and his, and his ability is crazy. So he only... He only throws like 94 miles per hour, but in 2019, in a hundred in what am I looking at? In 137 innings, he had 170 strikeouts. I'm pretty sure he led. I think no one on the major league roster had more strikeouts than him. So he spins the ball well. I think he's, I think he's rehabbing now with a. I think he had elbow infl- inflammation in the minors, but he's another prospect I'd I'd look out for. Yeah, it, I, th- I thought he threw slower than 94. To be quite honest with you. Yeah, he's I think gotten up there recently. Recently, I think there was an interview I saw him with. Uh, he had, and he said his whole career he's been cruising about ninety to ninety-two, but he's been getting up to ninety-four. Yeah, because I remember him being at like the eighty-nine, ninety, ninety-one range, and seeing mm-hmm. the guy put up those strikeout numbers and just being astonished by it. Yeah, his spin rates are insane. I heard. Well, like Andrew on his Jason. fastball specifically. Andrew Chafin has been uh, traded live during this podcast. Nobody knows where he's going because it hasn't really been announced. But he is going to a team that isn't the Chicago Cubs. Beams is not here to redirect the podcast. I'm, I'm, no, sorry. I'm here. <laughs> just everybody just at the same time had nothing to say. That happens at least funny. once. That happens once every podcast. <laughs> but we are we are almost at an hour for the interview, and the time has flown by, or not even really an interview, but just this discussion. So we'll start wrapping up soon, but does anyone else have, have anything else that they, they want to talk about before we start ra- wrapping up the show for this week? Simber is a god. Well, I, I think having Nathan on, we're able to talk about so many things that, you know, we couldn't really talk about, especially experiences. What, Nathan, what would you say are your funniest or your best experiences, you know, working for and around the Fisher Cats organization? When he eventually blocks Murr on Twitter. I would, I would hey. never. No, you know, seeing Murr's tweets are the highlight of my day, both Thank on my you. personal and obviously on the team account. I think one of the things that I've really enjoyed is having the sort of team account at my disposal. I'm fortunate in that I basically showed up and they were like, "Yeah, you can, you can tweet," and obviously the Instagram and Facebook and stuff and as well. But I've really enjoyed sort of. I don't want to say like shit posting, but basically shit posting about the Fisher Cats <laughs> and about the Blue Jays and you know capitalizing on sort of my knowledge of memes and seeing that other people out there actually appreciate it. That's been really fun for me. And, and, and you've been so accepted into the Blue Jays community, even though as you, as we've said on the podcast, you're a Red Sox fan, but you, you've been accepted. You're, you're one of us now. 
Red I'm Sox so glad fan, to be. Blue Jays I'm, family. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, we can say that. I, but I will say that, you know, being part of the Blue Jays group chat and how that sort of happened on a whim, that was great. As far as like in-person experiences go, gotta say, I loved traveling down to Bowie, Maryland to do a, a, an entire series by myself. I'll be reprising that when I go to Harrisburg in a couple of weeks, but also just getting to meet so many, you know, like how many guys, this is not a flex, this is not a flex, but how many guys at the age of 21 can like open their laptop and have a folder of interviews with guys like Jordan Groshans or Austin Martin or Kyle Johnston or, you know, talking to Simeon or, or interviewing Otto Lopez in Spanish. Like those are the kind of experiences oh God, that, that are that's really... That's a total flex, Nathan. That is a 100% flex. That's awesome. <laughs> but those are the kind of experiences that have made this internship or job somewhere in between what I, what it is, you know? So so you, you're able to conduct full interviews in Spanish? That's awesome. Yeah, I'm actually interviewing Luis Quinones in Spanish tomorrow as well. Or he said that he wants to try in English that it, and then we can transition to Spanish if he wants. Bring, make sure you mention me. Mur is going to tune into that one. Mira, hay una mujer muy bonita que se llama Blue Jays Bitch en Instagram. So that's how it's going to go. What a great oh language. What a great language. So are you like fully fluent in Spanish? Yeah, I worked at an immigration law firm nice. out of out of high school as a translator and stuff. So, so I'm not say, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm Nathan, not. I'll send you my information. Can I work there? So no. you're the guy who does those interviews. Man, I've watched all those and like I didn't realize that was you. Oh my goodness. Yeah, well sometimes 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 it's uh it's Bob Lipman. Like Bob Lipman actually interviewed Austin Martin the first time because he went to he went to Vandy. So like they had the whole like Vandy connection. But yeah, otherwise it's fun. I just get to go on the field during BP, you know, talk crap with players and yeah, pretty pretty fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it you seems guys like could all work for the Fisher Cats if you guys can get visas and whatnot. I'll work I'm going to be, I'm gonna be going for a visa faster than a... I told going, you I would hey, literally get you a job. Hey, hey, I, hey Literally I mean, tell me what to do and hey, I'll do it. I mean, we do need a clown for our... <laughs> God damn. Well done. <laughs> We're back. Well, well, I'll be going for a visa faster than on 90 Day Fiance. Trust me. When one of Pat Tabler or Buck Martinez retire, Nathan Strauss fills in for them. There will be an opening for at, at New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, uh, we'll have Murr announcing games. Be pretty <laughs> I, could, I could do it. No, I think I'd be better in the will go down. role. But yeah, yeah just, you could make tweets all the time, like the Fisher Cats are four and a half games out of a double A Northeast <laughs> playoff spot. You know? Yeah, you're just <laughs> <I got it. laughs> tweeting their record every day <laughs> and just spamming people with it, and then getting hateful comments from people jealous. Also, just, if anybody doesn't follow the Fisher Cats, they're a really good interaction. I would recommend liking all of their tweets. It's really good for engagement. Yeah, make Aww, sure you thanks. go all the way back to the ones yeah. from 2007 and like them all. I really like what you do with it because it's like you're actually interacting with a human, whereas like yeah, all the major I also, league ones are kind of like It's boring. also fun because I get to sort of like, there are people who just have just like these terrible antiquated takes. The kind of people who would be like, oh, you shouldn't swing on a 3-1 count with like a 10-run lead or like bullshit like that. And that just makes you so yeah, mad. Tony like, baseball is supposed to be, yeah, literally. Yeah. But like, but like, baseball is supposed to be fun. And I grew up with baseball. Uh, being and Randall fun. Grichik. And so many, yeah. 
And there are just so many people who just don't understand that baseball being fun is what makes it such a great sport. And so I'm glad to have the sort of free reign to make sure that like I'm making baseball fun as well. And you are like, it's you interacting with us and and, and again, made our day and it made our month and that month is still going on. You can follow the Fisher cats account at Fisher cats. I need to, I need to do that because I don't think I'm following the Fisher cats right now. It's okay. uh, We're almost at 25,000. I think we started off at like 22 when I took over. So we have had some pretty good growth. Um, I think like, I'm, obviously, yeah, I, I, I think, obviously like I'm a poli sci major with minors in art history and Portuguese. Like I have no, I have no degree in communications or anything, which is part of what makes it fun because I totally am just like, like bullshitting, you know, it's great. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I feel that. I think it's like, it's really nice as well because like, I just remember how excited I was the first time. Like I tweeted something really stupid and somehow the Fisher cats found it. So, and this was so like over a month and a half ago, like two months ago. And I told my mom about it. I was so excited. So like, that's what's fun about baseball. Not to be soft or anything. Yeah. Nathan, I have one last question for you. Sure. There's all, there's the famous prospects. Like everyone we've talked about so far, like the Martins was Richardson's who on the Fisher cats, like the Marcus races or the Brody Ronnings, the ones that like 95% of Jays fans don't know, only like the, only like the really prospect flying ones know. Which one do you think could be like the next person to really submerge? Well, submerge uh, isn't well, the word. Submerge. Um, submerge. Submerge. Uh, submerge. Okay, yeah. has the best submarine. <laughs> so I think my guy would be probably Kyle Johnston or Fitz Stadler out of the bullpen. So Fitz Stadler is six feet nine. Nice. I know why he chose him. No, so he hit 101 miles an hour the other day. He's pretty much just a fastball slider guy, but with that kind of height and velocity, if he he has the second or third highest K rate in the entire organization, and he has well prior to his last outing, he had gone I think 15 scoreless innings or something crazy like that. Like his month of July has been absurd. And I think with velocity like that, there's always the shot for you to make it, you know, at the major league level in a bullpen role. Kyle Johnson is obviously who the Fisher Cats got back from the Nationals in the Hudson trade. He came into last year as I think the 26th ranked prospect. He started off this season in the starting rotation and was since moved to the bullpen. But he throws a high 90s fastball, an excellent slider. And has been, again, incredibly consistent since moving to the bullpen. He has given up one run in 20 innings and has the capability of either eating innings in a middle relief role or uh, transitioning into more of a setup guy. But those would be my choices as far as guys who maybe aren't as heralded. So, yeah, I hope that answers that question satisfactorily. It does. Thanks. And while we have Detmers muted, does anyone else want to oh, get wow. any last-minute questions in? <laughs> Lewis, Tyler, Murr, do you have any final questions or anything for for Nathan? Oh, I want to hear what I want to hear what Murr has for me. So, oh, I have no questions. I'm just yeah. amazed by everything you do, and I'm really glad we met. I'm really glad we met as well because there's no one else who I would rather you know share all my trauma with on a daily. So, thanks. You know the vibes. Aww. You guys. Baseball is beautiful. That's all I can say. It yeah. is. It really is. And just like you all, you are all some sexy beasts. And I appreciate you having me on the you show. Beautiful oh, motherfucker. You. you beautiful motherfucker. <laughs> thank I you love very you. much. <laughs> thank you, sir. But yeah, thank thank you. Thank you, Nathan, for coming on this week. Guys, be sure you're you're following Nathan at Fisher Cats or at Nathan P. Strauss on Twitter. Yeah, you can both fo- of them. 
Yeah, follow both of them. Because if you don't, we will just we'll make fun of you and we will chat. we will not we will not send I'll you. I'll actually um, I'll actually call you out on the broadcast. I'll be like, oh well, yeah. After being directly told to, <laughs> at, you know, whoever did not follow you back, and you should all go publicly shame them. And for people that actually watch this episode, tweet the word fridge at Mur. To make sure that she knows that you've watched this episode. Or listen, Her, because this is not a visual podcast. This is audio only. So As we've already established to this podcast. By the way, my at is bitch, but the I is a is a one. You you cut out. It just it literally just said your at is bitch with a one. So do you want to repeat that? <laughs> okay. We're keeping uh, it family friendly. Because you're my only one. Fridge <laughs> bitch, but the I is a one. Thank you. Tweet me at Fridge if you're listening. Yeah, so make make sure you, you tweet Murph the word Fridge at Blue Jays Bitch with a one instead of an I. That way we know you're actually listening. And having said that, you can follow Aces on Bases on Twitter at Aces on Bases. Again, if there's anyone out there that wants to sponsor us, you can shoot us a DM or an email, acesonbases at gmail.com. We are available on most major podcasts and platforms, including but not limited to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and of course Podbean, acesonbases.podbean.com. Are you guys are you guys available on Duma? I don't think so yet, unless unless they've just Do my dick fit in your mouth? God damn it. <laughs> God damn it, Nathan. That was good. That was I so fucking good. I, saw it. I, I, was I knew what was going to happen, but I couldn't stop it. God damn it. <laughs> I walked right into that and I hate myself for it. But I did not see that one coming. But <laughs> Come on, it was so obvious. I didn't. I would have gotten got by that one too if I said anything. Well, on that note, I'd also like to say that we have merch now. Thank so. you. That's what I was trying to get to. We have merch. I posted. I posted a picture of some of the merch that I received earlier today on our Twitter page at Aces on Basis, so you can check it out there. But if an you extra wanna... fifty dollars tacked on if you want Mur to autograph your merch. So oh, yeah, that would make, it, that would that. make it merch. <laughs> <laughs> But you, you can pick up the merch by going to shop.spreadshirt.ca slash aces on bases. That's shop.spreadshirt.ca slash, slash aces on bases. And don't forget to go to magicspoon.com and use the promo code aces on bases. It's not a real promo code, so you won't save any money. But I just really want to see if we can crash their website. Having said that, as always, guys, whether you're listening to this in the morning, the afternoon, the evening, whatever time of day it is, where you are when you're listening, we appreciate you listening. We thank you for listening, and we will talk to you guys on the next episode.